0: Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us.
1: All right, how many ready for the Word of God today? All right. Hey, just before I jump into the Bible, if you weren't able to be with us last Sunday, uh, we talked about stronger vision. And uh, just having a vision for your life, I'd encourage you, if you missed last weekend, catch that online. You can jump on our YouTube or anywhere our content is, podcast, but you can grab that. And if you'd like to have a Stronger Vision card, these are still available for you. Uh, if you're here in person, these are available in our guest services. So you can stop by and grab those, or if you'd like to email us or contact us, From the online family, we'd be happy to send you one. But we're just believing for all of us to be overflowing, come on, with God vision, believing Him for bigger things this year, and uh, really just praying God's blessing over your life in that area. I want you to grab your Bibles with me and turn with me to Joshua chapter 3. I I have a message in my heart. I I really want to get into yours, and I want to call this starting stronger. Starting stronger. And I think as we stand kind of on the edge of a brand new year, Um, uh, and and really just believing this word from God over our house. Uh, The word the Lord is really giving us, our leadership this year, is stronger. And uh, really looking at Psalm 84, believing that we go from strength to strength and all of us stand before the Lord. And, um, we're declaring that over your family and over your lives. And so I want to talk to you about what that looks like this year. And I want to look at a, a couple passages of, of scripture. Joshua chapter three. And then we are going to jump down to Joshua chapter four. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to cover a lot of ground. Um, Today, and so if you would just kind of jump around with me. Joshua chapter 3, when you find it, shout yes. Joshua chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 5 together. And then we're going to read verses 1 through 10 from Joshua chapter 4. So quite a bit, but we'll throw this on the screens for you. Joshua chapter 3 says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left the Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they were camped before the crossing. Three days later, everybody say three days later. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp. And this is what they began telling the people of God. They began giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, I don't want you to miss that. Highlight that, underline that. It's so important. They were standing on the edge of somewhere they had never been before. Since you are, since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark and make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders, great wonders, Among you. He will do great wonders among you. Now, jump with me to Joshua chapter 4, and I want you to see the actual act of them crossing the Jordan River into the Promised Land. The Bible says, When all of the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, Take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. And he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all. One for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. Everybody say a memorial. And in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. And so the men did as Joshua had commanded, and they took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one from each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night, and they constructed the memorial there. Now, I want you to pay close attention to these last... Two verses because we're going to talk about it today Joshua also set up Another pile of twelve stones In the middle of the Jordan at the place Where the priests who carried the ark of the covenant Were standing and they are There to this day and the priests Who were carrying the ark stood in the middle Of the river until all of the Lord's commands that Moses had given to Joshua Were carried out meanwhile The people millions of people by the way The people hurried Across the riverbed They hurried across the riverbed. Would you pray with me? And let's ask the Lord to speak to us in the next few moments. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your kindness, your word to us. I pray, God, that you would speak. I pray that there would be a word from heaven that would be released to each and every person here that would build us up, that would strengthen us, that would help us to start stronger. And I ask for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, I travel quite a bit. um, And... I, I I'm always I feel like I'm always on an airplane going somewhere one way or the other. And I it's a love hate relationship for me personally, um, because I love the opportunities the Lord's given me to travel and make an impact, but I'm also like forty two feet tall. Come on somebody. And so they just do not make these airplanes for tall people. And um, and so it's it's just kind of the, the the burden that I bear. No matter what, I always feel like I'm folding in like a circus clown, you know, to whatever seat that they might have. And I usually try to get at least you know comfort plus or whatever. And I fly enough now, I get air miles. And, and but it doesn't really matter. Pretty much any seat that I sit in, I'm going to be cramped up, you know. But on top of that, the only thing that can really make a... I mean, I, I've just learned to embrace it. I kind of have a rhythm. I get into an airplane. I usually try to work or I have something I'm trying to do. Um, but the only thing that can really get to me is if there's trouble on the takeoff or the landing. Anybody ever Like Like, there's nothing worse than when you're all settled in and you know you're supposed to be taken off. And they're like, hey, we have a mechanical issue, you know, that the... They're looking. We think we're going to be cleared here pretty quick. But, you know, they're... they're, And I'm like, what kind of a mechanical issue? (laughs) Like, we're up there a long ways. You know, like, you better be like Santa. You better make a list and you better check it twice. Come on. Uh, Because the takeoff is pretty darn important. And and then also the landing. You, You know, I've been on a couple landings that I was like, oh, Jesus, you know. We hit so hard my spirit left my body for a second. You know, it's... And you could have had the best flight. You could have had the best flight. I mean, got good seats, got a good neighbor. I mean, you could have have had the best. But if you hit that runway so hard, your head hits the ceiling, it wasn't a good flight. Come on, somebody. There is power in the takeoff and power in the landing. Can I get an amen? It has a way of blurring a lot of things out. And so I think as we stand at the edge of a new year and we're getting ready for a takeoff, come on. Um, I think we want to make we want to have a good takeoff as we hit 2022. I, I want to make sure there's no mechanical failures. I want to make sure we hit everything on that list. And so I want to encourage you today from this. Joshua is probably my favorite Old Testament individual. Uh, the Lord has spoke many of, of the, the scriptures uh, regarding the life of Joshua to me personally. One of my life scriptures is from the life of Joshua. And um, But what I love about him is he helped carry the children of God, the people of Israel, into the promised land that God had for them. And I think there's a lot of truths we can glean from his life and from this moment in the life of Israel that are applicable to us today that will help us begin strong. So I want you to grab your Bibles, grab your note sheets, and I want to give you a couple things to write down today that I think will help you and encourage you begin strong. And the first thing I want to give you is this, slow down. It's probably not what you expected to hear. But the first thing I want I want to get into your heart is this, slow down. You know, we talked last week about the children of Israel. They sent the spies in. We had 12 spies. We know 10 of them came back with a bad report. Only two of them thought they could actually take the promised land. They made a decision to not believe the promises of God. Do you know that there's no giant, no wall, no devil, no obstacle that can keep you from the promises of God? The only thing that can keep you from having what God says you can have is your own unbelief. And that's what the people of God experienced. They were God's people. God had carried them out of bondage, out of Egypt, into the place He was taking them. And they got to the edge of the promised land and they decided that God was not able to do what He said He was going to do. And so part of the consequence of that for God's people was the Lord said that this whole generation was going to pass away. All of those unbelieving israelites were going to pass and it would be their children the next generation you know i don't want it to be said to me that god couldn't do with my life what he wanted to do with my life so he had to do it with my kids i don't want that to be i want my kids to have their own destiny in god i want the kingdom to go farther with my children than it did i don't want my kids to have to pick up my slack because i wouldn't believe god for everything he had for my life And I don't want that to be said of the church, that in this hour we backed away. Because you know what? If we don't believe God, God will raise up a generation behind us that will believe him. God's will will be done. His kingdom will come. His plan and purpose for this planet will be accomplished. And if he can't do it with us, he'll do it with the next generation. Because he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, somebody. And so one of the things I pray is, God, let it be in my generation. Let it be with, I want our kids to move the, the goalpost farther down the line. May we do everything God has called us to do as a movement and as a church. And may our children pick up from there and continue to run till the kingdoms become the kingdoms of our God and he comes back for us. That's my desire. That's my... I don't want what happened to them to happen to us. But I realize the only thing that can keep me back from what God has is my own decision to trust God or not. And I think as a church, the body of Christ... Not just in Idaho, but in America, we have a decision to make. Will we trust the Lord? Will we do what God's called us to do? Will we lay down our own desires? And will we tune out the distractions? And will we go after the things of God? And I think one of the ways we see Joshua leading the people is they actually slowed down first. And this really got to me because this was a second generation. They'd been in the wilderness a long time, decades. They'd been in the desert. These were desert children. They'd never known Egypt, and they'd never known the promise. Well, maybe some of them had known Egypt, but they were small when they came out. So these were—this was the product of the desert season. Now, if I was them, I would want to get into the Promised Land pretty darn quick. Yep. You ever been in that place where you don't have it yet, but you can see it from here? <laughs> I can see it from here that that vision hasn't come to pass you haven't yet had that breakthrough but you're so close you can taste it come on This is where they are and you'd think they'd want to just run and instead they camp for three days They camp for three days and they slow down they get to the very edge of God's promise and they, they slow down I want to give you this truth and I want you to get this in your heart Write it down. I think it's important Faster doesn't always mean stronger. Faster doesn't always mean stronger. Now we don't know much about this in this generation. I'm as guilty as anybody. I want everything now. I want it to download now. Oh how easy we forget. Y'all remember when you, you turned the you had to you had to wait for mom to hang up with Aunt Aunt Susie before you could even get on the internet? And then it was like you know and he took you four days to download anything. It was two hours to check your email. Oh, how easy we forget how far we've come. We want everything right now, right now, right now. And yet, faster doesn't always mean stronger. See, the Lord wants you to get where he's called you to go, but he doesn't want you to get there depleted and broken and unprepared. He wants you to get where he's called you to be, but he wants you to get there stronger. He wants you to have the strength to keep the land, not just touch the land. He wants you to have the strength to keep the promise and inhabit the promise, not just touch it and experience it and then lose what God is giving you. And so I want to show you a couple things in this passage because they slowed down. And here's a few things I see them doing in their slowing down. Um, first of all, they slowed down to seek the Lord. They slowed down to seek the Lord. They were praying and seeking the Lord. Lord, we're here. But we can't cross this thing without you. Scripture actually tells us it was harvest time; it was high tide, and so the waters were actually overflowing the banks of the Jordan. This would have been the hardest time to forge across the river. They wouldn't have been able to get through, and so they they begin to seek the Lord. And I think as we start a brand new year, it's so important that we don't just rush into the year that is in front of us, that we slow down, that we're intentional in our January to seek the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 says, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. You know, a better translation of that is actually those that wait on the Lord shall find new strength. Because the Lord doesn't just give us more of the old. Come on, He gives us something new. And we think that waiting is counterproductive in America. But there's actually strength in the waiting when you're waiting on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's so much power in slowing down to seek the Lord, to pray and to fast and to pursue God and ask the Lord what He has and how He's getting us into this thing. Psalm 27 14 says wait on the Lord be of good courage and he shall what strengthen your heart Wait, I say wait on the Lord. Wow. Those who wait on the Lord shall find new strength wait on The Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your life friends. There is strength in the slowing There is strength in the seeking we get stronger In the waiting when you're waiting on God number two they slowed down to get new direction they slowed down to get new direction you know Joshua is clear to remind them that they have never been this way before have has anyone ever driven with a man that refuses to acknowledge that he doesn't know where he's going I've got a great story. I don't have time to tell you, but I'm, I do have one. I, I'll give you the 30-second the, the version of it. But we were coming back from fishing with my dad. I, I have this vivid memory as a kid. It's pitch black. And we drove around for at least two hours. Two hours. And we, we were not getting any closer to home. And my dad was so confident that he knew. It only took us an hour to get there. It was two hours, and we weren't home yet. We were so confident that we ran into someone else that was lost. And my dad was like, just follow me. Maybe that's where I get my confidence from. I don't know. <laughs> I remember after about another hour, I remember seeing those headlights get farther and farther away from us as that guy hit his brakes and turn around and went the opposite direction. Come on, somebody. You know, a lot of times we think we know where we're going and we think we've got it all figured out and we think we know everything about what we're headed into. But the reality is, is we've never been in 2022 before. We've never been this way before we've never been here before God has something fresh for us God is doing something new and it is the wise person that treats a new year like a new opportunity in God friends We've never been here before we want to seek the Lord's direction 2nd Chronicles 26 5 talks about King Uzziah and it said that King Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah Who taught him to fear God and I want you to catch this He says as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord The Lord gave him success. There is a powerful truth that as we seek God's guidance in a new season, it is God that will give you success. It is God who will bless the work of your hands. It is God that will guide you along the path. You should take. They slow down to receive direction. Lord, where should we go? What should it look like? How should we cross over? And I think this is important for us. Finally, I want you to catch this. They slow down to separate themselves to the Lord. The final encouragement we see from Joshua is he tells the people of God, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow we see God do great things. Mighty signs and wonders. The word "wonders" that Joshua uses is the—it's used very little in the New in the Old Testament, and it's the closest word we have to miracles in the New Testament. Basically, he said, "Purify yourselves, for tomorrow we're going to see God do miracles. God's going to do miracles in our midst. Now, for the for the people under the law." Under the Mosaic Law, this meant a whole ritual of purification. It meant washing yourself and purifying yourself and abstaining from having special time with your spouse. I mean, come on, somebody. There was all kinds of things they did to separate themselves to the Lord. And as we head into a brand new year, you know, sometimes the last thing we think about is, is there anything in our lives that should not come with us into 2022? Is there anything in our lives that's actually hurting my walk with God? See, a new year is a great time to release things that hurt our walk with God. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, listen to what it says, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that's marked out for us. That's marked out for us. How many know God's got something marked out for you? There are things, listen, it can't stop you, but it can slow you. Uh Not only do I not like to be stopped, I don't like to be slowed either. And Hebrews is clear to tell us that there are weights on us that can slow us down. There is sin that can trip us up. And that we should strip these things off. Um, just after the new year, I had a dream. And in this dream, I had a very vivid picture of my closet. And in my closet, there's lots of clothes hanging. And uh, me and my wife, we, we share this closet, and we're always fighting over territory. Come on, somebody. But I had this dream, and in my dream, there was mold growing on some of the clothing in my closet and It was just taking over certain things and I woke up and I just really felt like the Lord gave me discernment because in the Old Testament mold was oftentimes symbolic of sin and I felt like the Lord spoke to me as soon as I woke up I thought wow that was a weird dream and I felt like the Lord said we must beware of of sin that tries to sneak into our lives through the closets of our lives. You know, rarely does sin just bust in the front door. Nobody wakes up and decides to commit adultery today. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to rob a bank today. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to punch my boss today. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to steal something today. Like, that rarely ever... No, it comes in quietly and slowly. Slowly. I remember in Genesis, you had Cain and Abel and the Lord's warning. He said, be careful because sin is knocking. It's waiting. It's, it's trying to find a way into your life. And church, I just want to encourage you. Now is a great time to make sure there's no mold in the closet. Now's a great time to make sure there's no hidden places in your life. Because God is getting ready to do miracles in your life. And I believe the Lord is calling His church, and our church specifically, it's time to strip off the things that weigh us down. It's time to strip things out of our lives. And you know what? This doesn't look like a moment. This doesn't happen in a second. This happens in a season. A lot of times we underestimate what we can do or we overestimate what we can do in a church service but we underestimate what we can do in a month and I think January is a great month for us to pray Holy Spirit is there any area of my life I know that you're welcome in the living room the dining room I know we 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 welcome you in the kitchen but what about the closet in the upstairs bedroom of my soul is there anything in my life Lord that that something is creeping in. Has the enemy found a doorway? Did I leave a window open somewhere where the enemy has come in? Is there a habit? Is there a relationship? Is there a website? Is there, a, is there, is there something that no one else knows about? And you, you have not yet opened that up to the Lord. Listen, we don't strip everything off that slows us down in a day, but we can do this in January. We can make sure every room of our house is sanctified and set apart and purified so that God can do great things in our lives. It's worth it to take the time to prepare for all God has in store. There is power in slowing down to get direction. There's power in slowing down um, to seek the Lord. There's power in slowing down to separate ourselves to the Lord. Yes, we live under the new covenant. But you know, there's still times where we have to bring our hearts before the Lord and say, Lord, wash me clean. Forgive me, God. Purify every arena of my life. And you know, to see revival in your life, we need the grace of God to cover every avenue of our hearts. And and, and I believe that if we'll let God into every arena, every trap, every closet, even the crawl space of our lives, then the Holy Spirit will purify. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you. But more than that, He will fill your temple. You will experience the presence of God new and fresh in your life. That is my heart for you. We get stronger and stronger when God has access to every area of our lives. So let's slow down. Let's lean in. And let's treat this new year like the treasure it is. And let's allow God to speak and guide and direct us and purify us. Let's set ourselves apart for the work of the Lord. Number two, I want you to write this down. Remember what God has done before. To start stronger, not only do we need to slow down, but we need to remember what God has done before. I think it's interesting that... Joshua is told by the Lord to grab 12 stones, 12 rocks, one from every tribe of Israel. So Israel was broken into 12 tribes. How many know that people have always been, people have always had cliques? I hear people say sometimes they're like, well, I don't know. I don't like cliques. It's human nature. Okay. Every, every, now you don't want it to be, you don't want to be cliquish in the sense that one group doesn't like the other, but we have to understand human nature is to connect with people like us that share our interests, desires, passions, skill sets, things like that. So even Israel had 12 tribes, and those 12 tribes had leaders and elders over each one that would represent those people. And so basically what Joshua was doing is he was getting buy-in from the whole crew. Come on. And he said, I want an elder from every tribe. Go and grab a rock and carry it out on your shoulders. So this was not a a little rock. This was a big rock. Carry it out on your shoulders, and let's bring this out from the place we came through into the place God's bringing us into. And I thought about this, and I thought, man, what would our lives look like if we decided not to just go through things, but to gain something from everything that God brings us through? You know, I love this because he was saying, I don't want to just go through this season. I don't want to just spend all these years here and come out. No, no, I want to remember what God did in my life back then. Now, a lot of you would say, well, I just want to flush the toilet on the last couple of years. Just let's just get it done. Let's move on. Let's just no, no, no. Listen, even the hardest years of your life, there are things you need to carry out of that. It would be a waste if we endured hard seasons and brought nothing out of it. You can either go through things or you can grow through things. And one of the ways you grow through things is by pulling the gems out of every season that you go through. See, the enemy would love to convince us that what we've been through actually disqualifies us from what God is carrying us into. Friends, the opposite is true. What you have been through does not disqualify you. You may have been through hell. It it will not cost you the promised land. You may have been through trauma. It will not cost you the promises of God. You may have even had seasons where you were unfaithful. I'm telling you, it won't cost you the promises of God. Only unbelief in your future and your God can cost you where God is bringing you. And in the hardest seasons of your life, there's still something for you to take out of that season and into the place that God is bringing you into. And so he says, I want you to grab this and recognize that God prepared you for this moment. The devil's trying to say you're disqualified. But he was trying to say, no, no, God qualified you for where you're going through what He took you through. Some of you will experience blessing this year because God strengthened you last year. Some of your lives are going to get bigger this year because of everything that you've been through. In the kingdom, God makes all things work for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Friends, last year did not disqualify you. Last year qualified you for what God is bringing you into. But you've got to treat it right. You've got to start this year right. And you've got to recognize that there are things you need to carry out of what you're going through into the place God is bringing you. You know, memorials are important. We have them erected all across the nation. We have memorials to our past and our history. I know there's been a bit of a battle against the memorials in our nation as A generation is popping up that doesn't really like where we came from. Whether you like your history or not, it's your history. Whether whether we're proud of everything America has been about or not, it's still our history. Come on, somebody. And those who forget their history are doomed to repeat it. And so it's important for us to remember what God brought us out of. Do you know that God is a God that wants us to remember? and he told the people of Israel he said grab a stone every elder grab a stone bring it out of where we're coming from and we're gonna build a memorial in the place God is bringing us so we will never forget what we went through so we will never forget what God brought us out of so we will never forget the things God did for us then because we're going into a new season you know even the Lord at the communion table he instructed us in Holy Communion. And He said, listen, this is the cup of My blood that represents the new covenant. This is My body that was broken for you. What did He say? Do this in remembrance. God loves us to remember because there's power in memory. There's power in remembrance. There's power in remembering what God has done. What you remember fuels you for where you're going. And so he told them, take these things as a memorial, and we're going we're gonna to build something on the other side. And friends, I think it's important that we remember the things that God brought us through. I'm a collector. I love to collect things that represent the moments that God is bringing me out of. I'll grab something from a place or I'll, I'll get something and I seem kind of sentimental, but everything has a memory attached to it. And so when I see that thing, I remember what God has done in my life in that season. I have pictures and newspaper clippings and stories and doctor's reports and checks that, that I, that I've received that, that, re, that remind me of where God brought me out of. I think of last year. As I hold this baton, and I think of Pastor Monty and Kelly putting this in Amanda and I's hands, signifying a transition of leadership, really marking a new season for Amanda and I. This is not just a piece of aluminum to me. This is a memorial of the faithfulness of God. This tells me that God will do what He promised me He would do. And He will bring me into what He promised me He would bring me into. And He will do for our church what He said He would do for our church. Because God has been faithful. And so I remember these moments. Friends, I want to encourage you. Journal the things God speaks to you. I not only write down my prayer requests, but I write down my answered prayers so that I can go back and see what God stirred my heart for. And then I can see the faithfulness of God. And I remember the things that God broke through into my life. The miracles, the, the signs, the faithfulness of God. Friends, take out of last... Don't just block out last year. What did God do that you need to carry out into this next year that will remind you how faithful God is? Document the journey. It becomes a memorial and a legacy. Psalm 105, 5 and 6 says, Remember the wonders He has performed, His miracles and the rulings He has given, you children of the servant Abraham, you descendants of Jacob, His chosen ones. Remember the wonders He's performed. Psalm 145, 4 says, Let each generation tell its children of Your mighty acts. Let them proclaim Your power such an important thing that we pass these things down remember what God did for your family. Remember what God did for you last year. When other people lost their minds, you didn't lose your mind. When other people lost your, their jobs, you didn't lose your job. When other people lost their emotional well-being, God held you together. When other people lost something that you didn't lose. When other people went off the rails, you stayed true to God. When other people abandoned their faith, His hand <laughs> held you up. Don't forget what God did for you. Here's why. Because your history with God propels you into your destiny with God your future is not disconnected from your past baby everything God brought you out of is power to push you into everything God's bringing you into your history speaks to your destiny don't ever push out where you've been because where you've been makes you stronger as you begin brand new my final thought and I need you need to get this in your hearts not just Do we need to remember what God has done, but we need to not miss what God is doing now? Don't miss what he's doing now. I remember the first time I read this passage and saw this little extra in verse 9. Joshua chapter 4 verse 9. Because God did not tell Joshua to build a memorial in the middle of the river. He told Joshua to involve the tribes and to build a memorial on the other side so that they would not forget what God had done. But see Joshua was a man after God's heart. And whatever whenever he found out that God liked something, Joshua did it. You should study the life of Joshua. It is super powerful. He would linger in the presence of the of God. Linger in the tent of meeting. Linger along he, anywhere God was, he wanted to be there. And if he figured out that God liked something, he wanted to do it. And I love this about Joshua because man, he said, "Man, if God want if God likes it that we remember" all that he's done. I'm not just going to let the people of Israel corporately do it. No, no, no. I'm going to do it myself to honor God too. And in verse 9, we see this odd little picture. And it shows us this picture of the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God in the middle of the Jordan River and the presence of God holding everything back. The waters stop and the millions of people are crossing on dry ground and all these people are going over and they're building a memorial. Look what the Lord has done. And it says Joshua hung back by the Ark and he himself begins stacking 12 rocks. And he made a memorial, not on the other side, but he made a memorial right in the middle of what God was doing. Not just what God was going to do, celebrating what God had done. No, he made a memorial in the middle. Joshua recognized this is a holy moment. God is not just at work in my future, and He's not just at work in our past. God is doing something in my life right now. Now We are in the middle of a miracle. God is holding back the waters in my life. I am standing in the faithfulness of God. I am standing in the power of the Lord. And he's building, he's grabbing rocks, and he's starting to build right there in the middle of the miracle. While the waters are being held back, Joshua is grabbing stones, and he's piling them, and he's recognizing right now God is doing something. Not just then, and not just just when but right now God is doing and I will remember what God is doing I will recognize and I will worship that God is at work in my life now he's not just the God that was and he's not just the God that will be he's the God that is he is at work in your life right now he is holding back the waters in your life right now he is doing miracles in your life right now And so many times we can miss the power of what God is doing in the moment. CFC Nampa, we are in the middle of a miracle. We are in the middle of God's faithfulness. You know, we're in the middle of a miracle of leadership. God's raised up and brought many new leaders and pastors into our church over the last two years. He's used our church once again to send great leaders all across the nation. And He's brought new leadership in. It's a miracle, and it's an opportunity for all of us to rally around these great men and women of God that the Lord is raising up at Christian Faith Center. I want to encourage you, if you're new to our church and you haven't been to First Step yet, we've got First Step happening in just a couple of weeks. You can register on the app, on our site, all that stuff. But I want to encourage you, now's the time to go all in. Don't just be a spectator. Put down roots and be a part of what God is doing. We're in the middle of a miracle. We're in the middle of seeing God bless us. We're in the middle of seeing God do good things. We're in the middle of a miracle of generosity. We've never seen something so precious in our generosity in the great history of our church. We've never seen the impact we are having now. We are impacting the nations through our generosity. And I'm going to give you a a little spoiler Not only are we going to send money next year around the nations, but we are going to begin sending people around the nations next year. We might start with one global trip, but I I see a day when we're sending teams of people constantly to the farthest corners of the earth so that we can fulfill the great commandment and the great commission to see God be glorified everywhere. We're in the middle of a miracle of generosity don't just stand on the sidelines be a part of what god is doing because he's doing something right now we are in the middle of a miracle we're in the middle of a miracle of impact we're seeing souls saved we're seeing lives transformed i talked to a friend of mine who got baptized a couple of months ago at our revival night and he said pastor my son is getting baptized at our next revival night And he said my kids are seeing that I'm serving God and they want to start serving God, too And I said Tony you're doing it man. God's doing something in your life Revival is happening in your life, and it doesn't just stay with you It gets into other people when you're in the middle of a miracle and you recognize it Then you can steward the moves of God that are happening friends God is changing lives now God is working miracles now And we haven't seen all that God has in store for us. We are in the middle of a miracle. See, each of you that are here today, you got to get this. You'll start stronger if you will learn right now to begin worshiping God, not when He gets you where He told you He would get you, but when He's with you right now. Right now you can thank God right now. You can worship God right now You can trust the Lord that he's doing good things in your life Have you ever just paused in the middle of your situation and begin thanking God? Thanking him in the middle of your struggle Thanking him in the middle of your your marital problems Thanking him in the middle of your financial problems Thanking him in the middle of your breakthrough you haven't seen God do it all yet But God I thank you that you're gonna finish what you start God, I thank you that you're going to be true to your word. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to see it to worship. You're worthy now. If you never did another thing for me, you're worthy of my worship and my adoration. God, I trust you now. I worship you now. I thank you now for all you're doing in my life. I don't have to see everything to know that you're faithful. I choose to worship you now right in the middle. The middle is when you're starting to see a miracle but haven't seen it yet. A miracle is when your kids are starting to turn back to the Lord but haven't fully turned yet. It's when you're starting to recover but you haven't seen complete recovery yet. It's when you're starting to see your finances turn around, your marriage turn around, your mind turn around, but you haven't seen it all yet. You're in the middle. Friends, God is faithful in the middle. God is with you in the middle. And you will be so much stronger if you will learn to praise God in the middle of your miracle. Because friends, God is faithful to finish what He started. He's going to bring you across the Jordan. He's going to get you to the other side. His promises are true. They're going to come to pass. If you'll worship Him in the middle, you will see God come through for you. If you believe it, you better shout amen. he piled them in the middle piled them in the middle and I'll leave you with this I'll leave you with this I was praying Lord what are you doing in your people right now what are you doing Lord and I felt like the Lord showed me this never seen this or heard this before and I felt like the Lord said this I need you to get this in your hearts friends the Lord told me So many of my people disqualify themselves from where I'm bringing them because they're still going through something in their life. You left 2021 behind, but you didn't leave all the battles of 2021 behind. You're still in the middle. You're still going through something. And you've said, well, how can I have a new year? How can I believe God? God. How can I really do that when I'm still in the middle of something I was going through? And the Lord showed me that the children of Israel were going through something, but they were still on the verge of something. Oh, they were going through it. They were still going through the deep waters, but they were on the verge of their destiny. And the Lord showed me that going through it and coming into it are not mutually exclusive. Friends, you can be going through it and still be on the verge of the greatest breakthrough of your life. And the devil has lied to so many of us and told us that because we're going through something that God can't be bringing us into something. And I came with a word from heaven for you today and it's this. You might be going through it but you're also on the verge of the greatest miracle you have ever seen in your life. You can be going through it and still God be taking you in to the promised land. The waters can be deep and the promise still be great. The challenges can be crazy and God's presence still be with you in the middle. Don't rule out what God has on the other side just because you're going through something. And I want to pray for you today. And I want to pray that you would slow down. And I want to pray that you would remember what God did last year. But more than that, I want to pray that we would worship the Lord in the middle, that we would be a church that realizes that we can be going through it, but still be coming into the very promises of God for our life. What you are going through does not disqualify you from what God is bringing you into. So friends, right now, all across this room, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray that God would bless you. I want to pray that you'd surrender your lives to the Lord if that's what you need to do. But I'm just going to give one altar call today. I'm just gonna call you to one thing. And if you just say, Pastor Jordan, I just I need to give my life to the Lord, great. Give your life to the Lord. Give him everything. Give him your whole heart, your 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 past, present, your future. If you're going through it and you need God to touch you, I I want to encourage you in that. So I want you all to stand to your feet right now. And I'm just gonna lead us into a moment of faith. Our prayer teams are gonna come forward right now. We wanna stand with you and believe God with you. If you're going through something and you just need an infusion of faith right now. We're calling for the elders of the church to come forward. The New Testament tells us if you're sick, if you're struggling, to call for the elders of the church to lay hands on you, to anoint you with oil, to pray the prayer of faith over your life. If you need to give your life to the Lord today, this is your moment. Give God your whole life. Give him your past, present, future. Surrender everything to him. Let the power of God and the spirit of the living God invade your life today. Begin 2022, come on, with Jesus, not just in your heart, but saturating every single part of your life our worship team is going to get ready and they're going to lead us in a song and I just want to encourage you some of you need to come down and get prayer some of you need to just have a moment with the Lord as we sing this last song and surrender everything some of you the Holy Spirit has already begun to show you the closet where the mold is growing it found a way in come on there was some water in the attic and the Lord is showing you it's time it's time to cleanse it it's time to put it away it's time to separate ourselves for the Lord is getting ready to do great things in our lives So let's all lift our hands to heaven. Worship team, I'd like you to come out. And friends, I just want us to begin praying. Just start asking. Lift your hands to heaven. Start asking the Lord. Lord, what do I need? Lord, what does this moment look like for me? Lord, what do I need to surrender? If I need to surrender my heart, I'm there. If I need to purify my life, I'm there. If I need to come get prayer from the, from the elders of the church, Lord, I'm there. I'm going to worship you, but I'm devoting myself in this moment. I might be going through it, but God, you're bringing me into it. So have your way. We worship you and we declare you are doing great things in us. So let's worship the Lord. Come on, and let's do what the Lord is leading us to do before we leave this place today. Let's worship Him with our whole hearts. Thank you, Father
0: God. We praise Your name this this morning. We know that through every obstacle, no matter what, it's Your love that remains with us, Father God. Yes, Lord. Higher than the mountains that i face. Stronger than the power of the grave, constant in the trial and the change. This one thing remains, your love, your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me, your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me That your love never fails and never gives up Never runs out on me. Cause your love never fails never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love, oh your love. Your love never fails never gives up. Never runs out on me. Never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your
2: that your love never fails God you are so good so good to us you know as we were worshiping and praying I really felt the Lord speak to my heart that this is going to be a tipping point for a lot of you here today that maybe you've come to God before that you've brought your worship to God before that you've brought your problem to God your sin to God before and you haven't found the breakthrough that you're looking for yet And I just wanna encourage you that today is a tipping point. There's always a moment where it tips to the other side. It tips in your favor, where we go from strength to strength, where we all can get stronger. And God is encouraging us today to take that step again. Take that step again towards him and don't give up because today is your tipping point. Today is the day that we're entering into something stronger. Together as a church, amen? Lord, we thank you, God, for all that you're doing today, for the amazing word that was given to us, Lord. We just, we agree in faith, God, that, Lord, that you're taking us to the other side, and we worship you in the middle, God, as you're, you're doing a miracle in our midst right now, God, and we stop, and we recognize, and we worship you, and we say thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for all of your, your goodness and your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Friends, if you need prayer, please come up. We'll stay up here as long as we need. And if you are ready to take that next step, um, if you would like to sign up for the First Step Lunch or if you'd like to be baptized um, this Wednesday, Make your way to the Next Step booth. We can help you with that. We have resources for you if you just accepted the Lord today. We have Bibles for you and people ready to pray for you. So make sure you stop by there before you head out. We will see you next week as we continue our Stronger series.